Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Well, hello again and welcome to all of our guests and welcome to all of our Community of Hope partners and Community of Hope regular attendees. Anybody who's streaming the service, we're just honored to have you again. And I want to say a special welcome to all of the guests who have returned again for the beginning of this series, this new series. Maybe you joined us on Easter and now you're back with us again. We're just so honored to have you. And as long as we're talking about Easter, I got some great news I want to share with you. Um, I want to share as a congregation congregation that as best we can tell using all of our metrics and using all of the conservative data that we can, we had in attendance last week at Easter, we had 5,227 people. And this is not just uh, people who maybe looked at it for a moment or two and kind of went on, but these are folks who are with us and uh, watch the service. And we're just so, so excited about that. Uh, that's a real three, two, one, go see each moment. Now, I want to say something right at the beginning of this uh, service and this message. I know last week, if you were with us at Easter, I had this moment where I did three, two, one, you know, he is risen. And many of y'all uh, text me and said, you, you know, were a part of that and excited about that and tried to wherever you were, be a part of that. And I'm thankful for that. I got the greatest text from a friend this past week who said, you know, that they were watching the service. And when I got to this moment, I started calling people out, you know, wearing uh, funky pajamas or wearing, you know, old dirty t-shirts or this sort of thing. They were trying to participate in that. And when I said, okay, we're going to go three, two, one, he is risen. Uh, the, 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 the woman who shared this with me said her husband said, you know, he is, he is such a goober. Pastor Dale, such a goober. But, and his daughter said, yeah, but he's our goober. And I just want to thank you guys. And I want to, I want to just shout out to the Darnells and I want to thank Renee for saying that. So any, I'm excited about that, but Hey, this weekend, uh, we are beginning a new series at Community of Hope. We're calling this series Amazed. And if you're with us, I shared last weekend, we're going to take some time over the next few weeks. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on the life of Jesus. And I can't honestly think of a better thing to do with our time. I know right now, so many of us are trying to figure out our routines. We're trying to establish some patterns uh, in our lives. We're trying to keep things as normal as we can, you know, in a very abnormal time. And I just want to drop an encouragement right at the beginning of this message and say, make this a priority every week. We've got so many things going on. There's so much stuff changing right now, but here's the thing I want to encourage you to do. Identify this time uh, on the weekends to worship with your, your church family. This is a way that we can all stay connected. It's a way that we can focus on the Lord together in this time. I love what Pastor Trevor was saying earlier. The church uh, is not closed, just the buildings are closed, but God is doing some amazing things. And I got to tell you, our team is on it and we are praying and we are seeking God and we are asking the Lord to show up in these moments together to offer to us hope and to bring to us peace and to help us all feel connected, you know, uh, in this time. And so I want to, in just kind of moving on, I want to share that if you were with us last week, here's what we did. Uh, we looked at John's account of the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ. And John's account, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the most different account. And I chose it to look at on Easter Sunday because we're currently experiencing the most different Easter season we've ever gone through. And I really felt like there was a word for us in that. And I think the word was, you know, the resurrection of Jesus, the best news ever. And John's account reminds us that it came at an incredibly dark time. And and if you were with us last week, really what we focused on is there's really no better time for good news than when all the other news is bad. And so, you know, we're kind of experiencing that. The disciples were going through that. And we used the the message last weekend to just sort of focus and remind us on the hope that we have in the resurrection of Jesus. But I think it's um, incredible to think that even though uh, after all this time that the disciples had with Jesus, John in his gospel does, I believe, a valuable service And what he offers to us, and again, this is one of the things that was different in his account. He gives us a a word uh, that I want to show you again, and it's John chapter 20 and verse 9. And here's what John writes. And he says this, he says, they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus, in fact, had to rise from the dead. And it reminds us really how easy it is, uh, I think, to miss important things. Uh, or to forget them uh, altogether. In fact, I don't know if you saw this. I, I ran across a funny story this week about a little town in Maryland that the, the police and the city officials of that town had to remind people that when they go out to get the mail in the afternoon to put their pants on. And it's kind of this crazy story. And it's like, you know, the police are going around. They're saying to everybody, they say, hey, I know we're in a pandemic. I know people are working from home. I know that when you go out, you know, you're working from home. You got your, you know, your comfy clothes on. But when you go outside to get the mail, put your clothes back on. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And, and, and in the same way, I'm so glad that John included this verse. And I want to tell you why, because I think it means there's, you know, there's hope for me. And there's hope for you. Uh, The disciples missed it. I mean, all the other accounts of uh, people, you know, running into Jesus after the resurrection. Here's here's the thing that I notice over and over again in all the different accounts when Jesus is resurrected from the dead and and different people have an encounter with the risen Christ. You know, you know, Jesus uh, uh, conversation with him. It's anticlimactic. It's nonchalant. It's, it's almost sort of, uh, you know, just sort of an afterthought. And here's why. Because Jesus was just doing what he always said he was going to do. He always said he was going to rise from the dead. And, and so, you know, everybody was amazed by it. But Jesus had come to just fulfill the mission that he was going to fulfill. I remember a, a pastor that tells this great story of uh, a time in his church when he was uh, you know, uh, doing a children's sermon uh, during the worship experience. And some of us have been a part of traditional churches, and sometimes that's a part of the, the worship liturgy. And so, you know, there came this moment, it was Easter, he invited all the kids down, and, and he was talking to them about the resurrection, and, and, and he asked the kids, he said, you know, he said, what was, what was the first words that Jesus said to the disciples after the resurrection? And, and the minute he said this, little girl in front raised her hand, and he reached out and he called to her and he said, Susie, tell, tell me, tell me what you're thinking. What were the first words that Jesus said 
to the disciples after the resurrection. And Susie goes, ta-da. And it was just such a great thing. And I, I think when you think about it, you know what? Um, that's as good as answer as we can think of. I mean, it's really a deeply theological answer. And, and this whole idea that we're aiming at in this series is to help all of us understand even more so what Jesus' life means for us. And I got to just tell you, I, I can't think of a better time right now when so many things are different. So many things are changing. So many things that are usually on are all turned off. I mean, this is a moment really that we could capture almost like never before and learn some things about our Lord that maybe we've never heard, or maybe that uh, learn some things about the Lord that we need to remember again. And so this is what our aim is, is in this series. This is what uh, our goal is. And so to do this, really, here's what I'm going to have us do. We're going to turn to Mark's gospel to help us understand this. We remember that uh, if you're with us, I shared last week that, you know, each of the gospel accounts are not conflicting. They're just telling the story of Jesus' life from a different vantage point. And so last week we looked at, you know, the most different version of the resurrect, resurrection account. And in Mark's gospel, we're going to take a minute and we're going to, we're going to focus uh, in this series on the unique way that Mark invites us into both a conversation and an understanding about who Jesus is. Let me just kind of tee this up for a moment. Um, Mark's gospel. Uh, would uh, what we would want to know about this early church tradition credits John Mark, who is a cousin of Barnabas. Some of, some of us would remember Barnabas in the New Testament. And uh, he was the son of Mary, not Jesus' mother, but another prominent woman in the church of Jerusalem. And, and, and early church tradition credits John Mark as the author of this gospel. But an early ch- church historian by the name of Papias notes that John Mark was uh, one of Peter the Apostle, the one that Peter the Apostle turned to, to become Peter's interpreter of the version of the events of Jesus' life. And so if you, if you notice this and you read uh, Mark's gospel, what you begin to notice is the gospel is written in such a way that it reflects some of Peter's uh, extroverted, sort of brash kind of excitement. You can just see it in there. And this is honestly where we get the name for our series, because here's what I want you to know. Over 21 different times in this gospel, the shortest gospel of all four, Mark uses the Greek word that we would translate into our English language, amazed. So over and over again, when people would encounter Jesus, when they would observe his compassion, when they would listen to his teaching, when they would have a conversation with him, when they would notice his prayer life and notice the relationship that he had with God the Father, oftentimes as a direct result of those sort of exchanges or encounters, uh, Mark records that they were amazed at the life of Jesus. And so that's where we get the name uh, for the series, because over and over again, this just seems to happen. And so, in fact, we even chose as a memory verse, and I want to share this with you, Mark chapter 7, verse 37, where it just simply says this. Here's one of the accounts. It says, people were overwhelmed with amazement. He being Jesus has done everything well. 
And so what, what we're learning, what, and, and I think what we're set to learn in, in Mark's gospel about the life of Jesus is that it was amazing. It was different. And, you know, I think of it this way. One, somebody I know says it this way, like him or not, serve him or not, believe in him or not, say what you will. The only thing that we cannot do is forget Jesus or ignore him. Because Jesus Christ is a central figure dominating human history for the last 2,000 years. I, I was reading uh, recently in Condoleezza Rice, who was a former U.S. Secretary of State under the Bush administration and a Christ follower. She says this, she says, so much has been written about our Lord, one is tempted to ask if there is anything more to say. And yet one would say that with the coming of Christ, uh, you know, who humbled himself to enter our world as a helpless baby and die like a common criminal. It's now clear that every single life is worthy before God. In fact, she goes on to say, it's not from his life and his words that we conclude uh, all men are created equal. And through countless biblical stories, we are led to understand that Jesus Christ did not just say things he lived them. And so what I want us to focus on just for a few moments uh, this weekend is the first time we see the word amazed in Mark's gospel. And I want to read to you the account. You've, you've already read it. It's already been on the screen, but I want to read it again. And I want to make just a few observations about it in our time. And I begin reading in verse 21, and this is how Mark records it. He says, then talking about the disciples, they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath was over, Jesus went into the synagogue and he began to teach in the synagogue. And the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. So just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I mean, if you come to destroy us, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. You can imagine just how all this went down. And then Jesus simply said, be quiet. He said sternly, come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out with a shriek. And then the people, again, were all so amazed. They asked one another, what is this? Is this a new teaching? And with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. And news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Would you pray with me? Lord, would you just use these words for just these moments to begin to help us build a deeper understanding of who you are? God, when we think about all of, you know, what is said and spoken and written about you as part of our religious tradition, I would ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, it would become more than just religious tradition to us. But God, in this unique time, you would say new and fresh things to us so that our faith, a faith we need so much right now, would grow and develop and mature in this time. This we pray in your strong and in your mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. 
Here's what's interesting to me about Mark's gospel. The first half of the gospel really is Mark trying to help us understand who Jesus was. I mean, was he the Messiah? Uh, Was he the long-awaited one that Israel was waiting for? And so, you know, there are all, all this understanding that Mark embeds into the gospel. And here again, you know, religious tradition would tell us that, that a, a lot of this being conveyed down through, you know, the, the experiences of the apostle Peter. And so the first half of the gospel is really this. And then the second half of the gospel really is about the mission of Jesus and uh, why he suffered and why he died and why he did what he had to do. But Mark is answering the question that John mentioned in the gospel that was so hard for us to understand and for the disciples to get. They were trying to understand why it is that Jesus had to die. And 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 this, this story that we read this morning, uh, it just gives us an understanding really of this whole idea that Jesus, when whenever people listened to him, you know, it was different. There was something going on that was different from anyone else they'd ever heard talk about religious things or talk about spiritual things before. And I I think it's interesting, and I think if you're taking notes, here's what I'd want you to, to write down or what I'd want you to be aware of. The first indicator Mark writes for us that was different about Jesus is simply this. He spoke with authority. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I would tell you that's a, that's a big word today because we live in a culture right now that doesn't really, you know, uh, trust authority in these days. You know, I think a lot of times uh, we've been jaded. Uh, we've been let down too often. We live in a culture that questions every single thing, every single person in authority. And we live in a culture that does that in real time. And so it takes a minute for us to get around this or through this. But what begins to take shape uh, in these moments uh, is that Jesus was speaking from a position of knowledge and understanding that they had never seen before. He never qualified anything. He never asked for additional support, which was something a lot of the religious leaders did during that day. He spoke as one who had been there. I remember when Beth and I were starting out in ministry, and and some of you all know that we we served a, a church just north of us in Martin County. That I served as an associate pastor there for. Uh, some years. And then we, we moved to North Florida and I served as a senior pastor of a small little county seat town, uh, in rural North, North Florida. The name of the town is Monticello. And it was a delightful experience. It was a delightful appointment and, and just God just grew us in some wonderful ways there. And, but I'll, I'll never forget that when we first got there, uh, after we, you know, we moved in at the house and we got all settled and then I got moved in at the office and then preached my first sermon. I got up, I got up the next day on Monday morning and, and my goal of that day was to kind of move through the town and, and, and go visit, uh, people. And, and there were folks in the town, you know, that had been in the church a long time. And, and I thought, well, my first experience, what I want to do is I'm going to go and visit all of the nursing homes or the folks that are in their home that they can't go to church any longer, kind of like us right now, you know, and, and visit. And, and I remember asking, and I made a list and I remember asking my secretary, 
how to, you know, you know, if she thought the list was good, if I'd miss anybody and how to get to different houses. And, and she was giving me information of how to get there, but she wasn't sure. And, and, and the town of Monticello is this beautiful little town that's built around a courthouse in the center of town. And so I set out, I left my office. I was going to go visit for several hours. I said, I'm going to try to visit as many homes as I can. And I got lost pretty quickly. And, 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 you know, I would go around the courthouse. The only way around the town was around the courthouse. And I would go around the courthouse and I would go out this one way to try to find a house. I couldn't find it. Come back around. I'd go around the courthouse again. And by the third or fourth time around the courthouse, people were watching me and they were pointing out. It was like the new guys in town. He doesn't know where he's going. And finally, I went back to the office in frustration and she said, how'd it go? I said, it went fine. Boom. Went in my office and shut the door. And I called, I, I called the people on the list that I was actually going to go visit. And they began to say to me this, they'd say, okay, go, go down this street, go to the big, uh, magnolia tree, hang a left, go to the greenhouse. I live two houses down from there. I'll be waiting for you. And I would get there and they'd open the door and let me in, you know, and here, here's the thing. What I needed was the experience of somebody who'd been there. I remember when, uh, I, I was about to get married and, uh, you know, uh, I was in seminary and had proposed in seminary. That's where Beth and I met. And, and when I got, when I got, when we got engaged, uh, it, it was interesting how many of my friends had advice for me uh, for my marriage. The only problem with it is none of them had been married before, but they had tons of advice for me. And I can remember after that weird experience of, of, you know, proposing to Beth at seminary and all of that. And then the next time I came home, I, I took my dad aside and I said, all right, I'm, I'm fixing it. You know, I'm going to get married. This is getting real. And, and my dad began to give me some advice that I've never forgotten. He said, all the things that you would think would be important to say in that moment. But it dawned on me later, all the stuff that he had told me about my marriage that was coming up. Here's the interesting thing. It was stuff I'd watched him do for the last four years, loving my mom. And it made a difference because he'd been there. And one of the things that Mark wants us to understand about how life works and about how faith works and about the intersection between life and faith is simply this. We need advice from someone who's been there before. And what they began to notice, even the religious leaders of the day, that when Jesus began to talk about religious things, when he began to talk about faith-filled things, when he began to talk about you know, the unique intersection between life and faith. He had a way of breaking all of that down in such a way as though he'd been there before, because here's the thing. He had been there before. He spoke with authority. And so really what I want you to think about is, is really not the idea that we need to learn that Jesus had authority. I don't know that I think that's really the question of the day. I'll tell you what the question of the day is that I want you to think about. It's not that he had authority. It's simply this. Is he your authority? And is he my authority? I remember a time when the disciples, it says, were in a very rough time. I mean, every all the news was not good. Uh, everything was falling apart. They didn't understand his mission Things look rough. Things look bleak. And Peter comes to him one time and, 
and, and, and, and there's this heavy conversation. When you read it in the gospel, you, you can sense the heaviness of the conversation. And, and, and Jesus is responding to him. And then, and then Peter says back to the Lord something that is so powerful for us in a moment like this. He says, you know what, Lord? He says, where else are we going to turn? Because you hold the keys of life and death. Jesus in Matthew's gospel, at the very end of the gospel, we know it as the Great Commission. But it begins this way, and, and it's interesting that he says this in Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, Then Jesus came to them and he said this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I want you to think about that. Jesus has all the authority. And what I really think right now in a moment like this, when, you know, there's, there's enough life going on in, in your world and in my world before this pandemic. I mean, I can tell you as your pastor, one of your pastors on your team that, you know, I, we're, we're meeting with people all the time that got all kinds of things going on in our lives. I have things going on in my life and I, and then the pandemic happened. Right now, that it, it is so crystal clear that we, we need the advice, we need the wisdom, we need the insight from someone who's been there and can offer real help to us. And so here, here's my invitation to you in this, in this time and in this series. Would you be open to end this season taking a journey with us to learn together what it would mean for the God of all the universe to become your authority in matters of life and faith and practice. I'm not asking you to make a decision about that right now. I am asking you to make this decision. Would you be open to discover if this God is worth and worthy enough to be your authority. I, I can tell you, I've got places in my life right now where I feel like I would say the same words that Peter said, Lord, where, where else am I going to go? You hold the keys of life and death. And right now, when we look at some situations in our world, and it, it, it doesn't look great, and we have family and friends that are dealing with heartbreak and loss and economic anxiety and grief. I mean, we got where are we going to turn? And Mark would want us to know that, you know, right in the midst of all of that kind of stuff, Jesus' words were different. The way he carried himself was different. His advice and his counsel was different. His relationship with his heavenly father was different. And I don't know about you, but I have the same suspicions about you I have about me. This is what we need right now. And so as we close this time, what I want to do is I want to pray for you, right, where, right wherever you are. And, and I want to just ask us, here's my bold ask. Would you say yes to going on an exploration to allow Jesus to be your authority. Would you come back next week?
Would you work with us as we learn together why people heard him, saw him, watched him, interacted with him, and they were amazed. Lord God, right now, I pray for all of my friends. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give us the space, that you would give us, God, the, you know, the, 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 the ability in this unique time we're going through to develop some new muscles in our faith. Lord, let this be a time when a lot of, as a lot of other things are stripped away, uh, Lord, our preconceptions about you, our remembered religion, our inherited faith, all of that is stripped away, God, and that we could, we could begin to grow in a relationship with you to understand why all of these biblical writers were amazed so that we could be amazed too. This is our prayer. And we ask it in the power and with the witness of the Holy Spirit. This we pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. I want to thank you for tuning in with us and joining us in this series. I want to say right now that we're going to put a number back on the screen and we're going to ask you if you would like to uh, take a step of faith in your walk with Jesus Christ. You want to learn more about him. You want to begin to walk this journey with us. Here's what we're going to ask you to do. Text the word next to the number on the screen and we'll reach your way and help you connect in a, in a more important, more authentic way and begin a walk with Jesus Christ. God bless you. Stay safe. Go in his peace. And we'll see you next weekend.